All right. What is up, guys? Welcome to the 63rd installment of the Unplugged Alpha podcast series. Tonight, we're talking about why women love Jeffrey Dahmer and other whack job criminals out there. Um, <laughs> it was uh, brought to my attention recently. I was at the gym, um, you know, warming up. I'm on a treadmill. There's this lady that comes. She's on the phone. She's got those earbuds and she's just, you know, they're talking. So she's on the the treadmill yapping away and she's oh girl have you seen this new series on netflix and jeffrey dahmer and oh it's just like i'm just like picking up on these like sound bites and i remembered a few chicks that i've dated in the past that were absurdly obsessed with um series documentaries and tv shows around either uh serial killers prison shows and this sort of stuff and there's this concept called hybristophilia I don't know if you guys have heard it, but I think we should probably start with defining what this unusual attraction, and it's generally a sexual attraction, believe it or not, is to serial killers um, throughout history. It's it's not something that's a brand new phenomenon in the last few years or anything like that. It's been going on for a long time, and there's some reasons behind it. Let me pull up the wiki page here, and I guess we'll start with that. And by the way, Make sure if you are watching this on the internets, do me a solid. Let me grab the link over here. Head on over to YouTube and click that link and watch over there. That's where I'll be dropping the join link. We'll be taking some call-ins tonight, some Q&As. Open to everybody and anybody. Bring your questions to the table. Once we've done this uh, intro bit on women's addiction to criminals is the only way to put it. Um, so let me share my screen here. Uh, window tab. <clears throat> so hybristophilia is the technical definition for it. Let's see if we can make this a little bit bigger so you guys can see this as well. Um, yes. Uh. All right. It is a sexual interest and attraction in those who commit crimes. A paraphilia in which sexual arousal of even talk about attainment of orgasm, are responsive to and contingent upon being with a partner known to have committed a crime. The term is derived from the Greek word huberzin, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, meaning to commit an out an outrage against someone. Uh, skip the definition part. In popular culture, this phenomenon is also known as a Bonnie and Clyde syndrome. So uh, many high-profile high criminals, particularly those that have committed atrocious crimes, receive fan mail. I've got some clips and some articles to share with you talking about that a little bit in prison. And that is sometimes uh, amorous or sexual, presumably as a result of the phenomenon. In some cases, admirers of these criminals have gone on to marry the object of their affection in prison. Uh, we'll skip the terminology. Let's go into causes over here. Some speculations have been offered as to the causes of hybristophilia. For instance... Uh, Catherine Ramsland, who's a, a professor of forensic psychology at the Sales University, mentions that some of the women in particular who have married or dated male serial killers have offered the following reasons. Now, there's some evo psych reasons in here we're going to get into in a second, which is kind of sick and disgusting at the same time. But it just it just goes to show you, you know, what human nature is all about. I read a few articles today on this topic, and they all summarize basically the same thing. So I think this is probably the best place to start. Um, so this researcher, Catherine says low self-esteem and the lack of a father figure. So these are the contributing factors for women's, 
uh, interest and attraction to these criminal males. Um, low self-esteem, lack of father figure. Some believe they can change a man as cruel and powerful as a serial killer. So it's like, you know, when guys play Captain save I guess women like to play Captain save criminal. Others see the little boy in that killer once was and seek to nurture him. A few hoped and shared in the media spotlight uh, to get a book or movie deal. So this is the admission of some of these admirers. Then there's the notion of the perfect boyfriend. She knows where he is at all times. She knows he's thinking about her while she can claim that someone loves her. She does not have to endure day-to-day issues involved in most relationships. There's no laundry to do, no cooking to do for him, no accountability to him, and can keep a fantasy charge. Now, I think this is just a load of bullshit. This is, you know, we've said this many times on the show. Like, don't believe what women say. Watch what they do and watch the choices that lead up to what they're doing. This is all a lot of blah, blah, blah. It's a lot of opinions. Um Others have offered reasons along the lines of some mental health experts have compared infatuation with killers to extreme form of uh, fanaticism. They view such women as insecure females who cannot find love normal ways, as love avoidant females who seek romantic relationships that cannot be consummated. There's some video footage, which I'm going to show you soon, of some of these women that are fascinated with these killers, and they're not completely out there. Like, they're not gross, okay? So it's not like they can't get guys out in the real world. So this is where I think it really boils down to, because for me, whenever I come across something that's just bonkers, like just out there, I like to go to Evo Psych. It's if, you know, there's got to be some research out there that's 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 studied a paper, done something on this. And I think this last paragraph here distills it perfectly. So this psychologist, Leon Seltzer, has offered explanations for the phenomenon of male serial killers attracting female sex partners based on evolutionary psychology. Uh, serial killers, in his view, are cases of alpha males that tend to attract women. This is because such alpha males were good at protecting women and their offspring according to evolutionary history. He says women today may consciously realize that it is unwise to date a serial killer, but they are nevertheless attracted to them. He stated, as a therapist, I've encountered many women who have bemoaned their vulnerability towards dominant men who consciously they recognize were all wrong for them. As evidence of women's fantasy preferences for dominant men, he refers to a book. Uh, it's titled A Billion Wicked Thoughts. I actually just downloaded this. I want to listen to it. And the subtitle is What the World's Largest Experiment Reveals About Human Desire. Author's name is Ogi Agus. Interesting name. Um, Seltzer discusses Agus and Gadam's. I want to say God. Gadam's argument that this fantasy is the dominant plot of most erotic romantic books. Blah, blah, blah. Now, I came across some some footage as well and some other evil psych papers and one of the things that they also talked about was that women throughout history have mates selected for strong competent men okay and guys that are strong are going to be able to defeat scary animals saber-toothed tigers the bad guys the warring tribes that sort of thing so it would make sense that women would have an attraction to guys that have been able to display some would call dominance, others would call cowardness, depending on the crimes that they committed, but clearly demonstrate that they have the competence to take life. Okay. I'm not saying that that's right or wrong. That's that's just what they're attracted to. So again, you know, I've said this for a while. Women like to choose winners, you know, people that are competent in worldly affairs. Again, this is one really bizarre way that they find uh, like these types of people attractive, but nonetheless, you got to look at their behavior. Like, you know, this is what's happening. 
So let me grab my headphones here because there's a couple of uh, audio clips that I'm going to play in a second. Uh, actually, let me share this Reddit here. So if you guys have read my book, uh, The Unplugged Alpha, I talked in one of the chapters about um, this kid, Nicholas Cruz, that uh, went on a shooting spree in Parkland. Uh, let me share this back to the stream. So this is a Reddit post that I found. Um, and I just started Googling stuff like, um, you know, why do women love uh, murderers? Why do women love, uh, you know, Nicholas Cruz or Ted Bundy or, you know, like all these names out there. So this kid, uh, just to kind of quickly recap, incel kid that wanted to be with uh, women. Women didn't reciprocate their interest in him. He was pissed off, was never raised by um a father he didn't have a father in a household in fact he was he was the offspring of a drunk uh mom who gave him up for adoption who had another kid also while going through her drinking issues and stuff gave that other kid up for adoption both these two kids were adopted by uh, a, a two-parent household they couldn't have kids the father died when both the kids were very very young so this kid nicholas was raised by a single mother adopted single mother Anyway, he goes on a shooting spree, kills a bunch of other kids, and uh, you know is convicted. So you can you know look up his name. I also talk about him in the book. So some of this might be a little bit fresher to some other people that have seen my content. So this woman says, "I have a crush on Nicholas Cruz. Cruz. He got locked away and lost it all. Nicholas Cruz. Yes, the Parkland shooter. I find him so attractive. ASF. Let me just remove this out so I can give you a visual so you know what he looks like." Uh, This is, this is the dude that she finds attractive ASF. This geek over here. Okay. This is him in the courtroom. This is the guy that she's got the hots for. So just to, just to sort of frame it for you. Uh, let me go back to the Reddit post. Uh, I find him attractive ASF. Parkland happened when I was in high school. Cruz is about four years older than me. Back then I saw a picture of Nick. My teacher had him up on the screen and my heart skipped beats. I thought he was really cute. And now I've been watching his trial lately and I didn't know whether I wanted him to get sentenced to death because getting kneeled is so much better than deteriorating and suffering itself for decades, to be honest. But I don't want him to die either. I hope I get to see him in another life if it exists. That picture of, of him in his ROTC uniform. What is ROTC? I'm assuming that's like a jail uniform or something. ROTC correction facility reserves reserves officers training corps i don't even know what that is i'm, I'm canadian obviously so bear with me on, on stuff like this okay so she sees a picture of him in an rotc uniform made me so wet ngl that stands for not gonna lie i have dreams about him pretty much every night i love his eyes his smile his awkwardness just everything about him but i know i can never be with him at least not in this life i know it's pretty effed up, I guess, but I don't care. I love him, and I always will. Is there something wrong with me? What's making me feel this way? If there's a God, why he made me so hot for shooters? <laughs> uh, this dude's like urgent, get help, talk to a psychiatrist. She goes, I don't know. I already have a therapist. I talked to about it, and she told me it's fine. Of course. Anyway, uh, but I've seen this guy, but I've never seen a guy as hot as Cruz. This, again, keep in mind, this is the same dude that I just showed you. Okay, the skinny geek that went on a shooting spree. Uh, I fantasize about being his prison girlfriend all the time. Uh, she understands it's hybristophilia or whatever it's called. Uh, she goes on to say over here, honestly, he probably would have shot me. I don't really care. I think that's what that stands for, IDRC. 
but I heard he did spare a few people that day. Plus, he had a bad life as well. I just wish I could have saved him. Oh, well. So there's that saved him part, right? Oh, well, I, I will say I kind of wish you got the death sentence because it's easier to go on. Oh, well, whatever. Like, there's no guys out there that have a affinity. Like, guys have some weird kind of addictions and attractions. Like, I've... I've talked to guys that have like foot fetishes and I'm like, why? You know, that's, that's weird, whatever. But I've never heard of a guy or, or groups of guys that fantasize or romanticize for female criminals the way that women fantasize and romanticize for male criminals. It just doesn't exist. It's, it's a phenomenon that only exists with women directing their love and attention towards these guys. And again, you know, I've, we've postulated some of the Evo psych reasons there for it. Um, here's a few other clips that I want to share with you guys. So I'm just going to throw these on so I can hear it with you. Uh, let me just remove this from the screen. So this is murderer. Chris Watts is getting love letters in prison from women. This is a quick, uh, minute and a half clip. Let me just pop this in here. Tab. Okay. Share audio. So you guys should be able to hear this and let's play this. His crimes were unspeakable, the murders of his pregnant wife and two little daughters. Yet 33-year-old Chris Watts is actually receiving love letters. In my Hang on. So he killed his wife and his two daughters, sentenced. And now they have examples here on the screen. I don't know if you guys can see these. Let me try to make it a little bit bigger. Now they have examples here on the screen of some of the letters that he's getting from his female admirers. Uh in my heart, you're a great guy, okay? Heart, you're a great guy, writes a woman named Candace. If you do write me back, I'd be the happiest girl alive, that's for sure. She signed off with hashtags, Team Chris, Chris is innocent, love him, and so cute. Another woman named Tatiana wrote, I found myself thinking a lot about you, and sent a photo of herself in a bikini. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know if you can see that. Here, let me go up your screen. This is the chick that's fantasizing for this guy that was convicted of killing his wife and his kids. This is her right here. She's attractive. Just just putting it out there, right? Like these are not gross women. A woman named Kim wrote, I'm hoping to brighten your days. Hannah wrote Chris Watts' name in flowery calligraphy and told him, I feel this connection to you. I feel a connection to you. Dude murdered his wife and his kids and some random chick out in another part of the world seeing this either in the media or on TV feels a connection to him. Many of the letters which were released by prosecutors are signed with hearts and X's and O's for hugs and kisses. These women have created a fantasy lives for themselves, especially with their pretend relationship with these men behind bars. Psychologist Dr. Judy Ho, co-host of TV's Face the Truth, says even the worst killers have groupies who write, visit, and even propose marriage. It's oftentimes what we talk about when women seem to be attracted to bad boys. It's because they want to be the special person that can turn this life around and then be able to attribute that to... Okay, so we've heard that about three times now, right? Like, turn, turn this guy's life around their own self-esteem. Parkland school shooter Nicholas Cruz, Boston Marathon bomber Jokar Zarnaya, and white killer Scott Peterson all received love letters from women. Now Chris Watts joins that notorious list. Okay, so this isn't just the whole Je Jeffrey Dahmer thing, right? Like this this is, this goes off a lot of different angles. Uh, let's see, what should we talk about next? We've got a few more clips here. Okay, so let's do this one over here. Um, there was this guy that put out this clip here, love letters to Jeffrey Dahmer. Okay. So this is a 13 minute or so I'm kind of have to skip through it because he does a lot of narration on it, but I want to show you the uh, clips because it's relevant to the, the title of this, of this particular video, share screen uh, tab. Okay. 
so this is a YouTube channel called Bizarre Bazaar. And uh, let's speed it up a little bit so we can rip through it a little bit faster. Let's get started here. Bizarre Bazaar. In this episode, we're looking at the other side of the coin. So when I say serial killer, you instantly think sexy, irresistible, misunderstood. Witty, adventure. All right, here, I'm going to skip up to some of these letters. So he's got the letters here on the screen. So these are love letters sent to serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer. Okay, this is the letter. I'll be hiding the identity of these women for obvious reasons. But these letters were all in Jeffrey Dahmer's possession. I'm going to name this woman Sarah. Hi, Jeff. How are you doing today? By the way, if you don't know, Jeffrey Dahmer was a homosexual. Like, he wasn't even attracted to women. I'm doing all right. Got sick of working. I've just got to find a better paying job. Jeff, I want you to think about this. I walked into this bar around here, and I was too drunk to remember the name of it. Well, anyway, I walked into this bar, and everyone started to laugh at me. I said, after ordering a drink, what's everybody laughing at? You were right by me. You said, do you know what kind of bar this is? I said, no. You said, it was a gay bar. I freaked out. I didn't know what to think or do at that moment. So straight away in this story, she's using Dharma as some kind of emotional support. You asked me my name. I told you, Sarah. You said your grandmother it's just so weird like she's like she's having a conversation in a letter with a guy that has been convicted for like murdering a bunch of people who's not even straight the dude's a homo like like he's a homosexual he's not attracted to women right this is just it just it just gets weirder the more and more you kind of go through all these letters well had a cat name that i was pretty drunk at the time it was late i told you i wouldn't name my dog that you just laughed the whole bar did First of all, that's not even funny. Dharma might laugh because he's nuts, but I'm pretty sure the rest of the bar wasn't hanging off her every word. It's just a weird situation. Yeah, she's just making up this entire story. Let's find another one here. So there's another letter right about here. Making it out like they had this connection from the get-go. So I just left. I'm glad nothing bad happened. I know I'm not dreaming this up. It really happened to me. The guy I was sitting by said his name was Jeff. Do you remember anything like that? Right, so she's just properly nuts. Yeah, she's nutter, that's for sure. Uh, let's go to this part of the, this next letter. A relationship on some make-believe story. I know I've seen you around here. I bet it was you. Well, let me know, okay? Desperate. My son thinks I'm obsessed with writing you letters. Well, my son thinks I'm obsessed with writing. Like, could you imagine being this woman's kid, knowing that your mom is sending letters to a convicted serial killer that's not even interested in women? I feel sorry for these kids, man. Maybe I am. Until I hear from you, I'll keep writing. Hopefully, you'll answer me back soon. When I do visit you, I won't tell my son. As I said, he's against me writing you because you're a killer. I've got no idea how... She knows what she's doing. She knows who she's talking to, that's for sure. There's another one up over here. Let's grab this one. She's talking to Milwaukee's worst ever criminal about how crimes are getting bad in the area. What? Well, Jeff, tomorrow's another working day. It's not easy for me either. I'm going through a lot lately. My tooth feels better today. See how relatable we both are. Be cool now. If you don't hear from me for a while, it just means I'm busy. But we're right again. I check my mailbox. Well, that was so strong. It feels like he's never... <laughs> it's like she's got a relationship with this dude. It's at this part. It feels like he's never replied once. I wonder why. There is another letter from the same woman. It's even more cringeworthy. But I'll just show you some segments. It's dated 5th 26 And it feels like this was sent after the previous letter. I hope you had a chance to write me back. That would be nice. Hope things are good. Underlines nice with an exclamation point. Write me back. That would be nice. For you. I hope you like my letters. Have you talked to a social worker yet about sending me a visiting card? I'll send it right back to you so we can plan something. Summer is here now. Do you ever get to go outside? Do you have people now that visit you on the weekends? 
Once I get there, how long can we visit together? I'm looking forward to this visit. This letter is mainly begging for attention, whilst being peppered with small talk. Mm. As soon as I get some film, I'll have my son take pictures of me for you. Then me oh my God, could you imagine being the kid that has to take pictures of his mom so she can send the pictures to Jeffrey Dahmer in jail? Maybe you'll write to me. I hope so, honey. I'm not ugly, if that's what you think, Jeff. I lost track of how many letters I wrote to you already. I really hope you're getting them. It just gets weirder. So clearly he's not even writing her back either. So, her son is going to have to take photos of her so she can send them to gay serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer in the hopes that he fancies her. What planet is she on? I'm really... <laughs> I like this guy. Hoping I can see you soon, Jeff. I really like you. Like I said, just want us to be better friends. Please. Jeff, answer me back as soon as you can. It doesn't take much time to write me back. I find time to write you. Right. We have to move on from Sarah. But you get Yeah, dude's in jail. Like he doesn't have time to pick up a pen and write. Look at all these letters, man. They just go on and on and on. I mean, I don't know. Do you guys want to keep going through examples? But these are yeah, like, you know, Moff said it in the comment. They're basically women simps, right? Um so there's a clip here that I got. It's a seven minuter. Uh we'll play it a little bit faster to tear through it, of course. Uh, but this is a little bit of a, a summarization uh, from Huffington Post with this, uh, I guess, a reporter that has visited the author of a book who's kind of studied the phenomenon of women being, uh, you know, in love or, or writing love letters to serial killers. Uh, so let's quickly look at this and then we'll uh, switch over and start taking some call ins from you guys here. Um, why are women so fascinated by murderers? Not dudes, why are women? Right? It's a phenomenon that just exists. Playback speed 1.5. Let's do this. About like murders and stuff. That's a top cable. Oh, we got the spinning wheel of death here. Let me see if I can fix that. Let's change the quality. Maybe it's the quality issue. Civil network for women ages 24 to 54. And I don't know why women in particular love true crime. I can justify my need to gawk at murder pretty much, but I've been reading about this phenomenon where women aren't just obsessed with the crime, they're obsessed with the killer. Uh, well, StreamYard doesn't seem to like me playing this one for some reason. Let me just make one more adjustment, and if that doesn't work, we'll just switch. Let's try this again. On where women aren't just obsessed with the crime, they're obsessed with the killer. Take Chris Watts, for instance, he killed his wife, he killed his children, and he has all of these admirers, these women who are writing love letters to him, talking about how they think- This is the same guy that I showed you the clip on earlier with that um, news reporter. He's so attractive. Are these women crazy? I decided that I had to find out why was this happening. So, I wrote a letter to Chris Watts. I looked up his address, his prisoner number, and it wasn't, wasn't a love letter or anything, but I, I still wrote a letter. This whole area has got serial killer vibes. I'm currently driving to upstate New York to meet Sheila Eisenberg. Sheila Eisenberg, she's the author of Women Who Love Men Who Kill. She interviewed a bunch of these women, and it's probably the best study there exists today. All right, so let's skip up ahead to where she gets to the house. Having me here. My pleasure. I love true crime, but a lot of women like true crime. Uh, what's wrong with me? Why I don't are... think there's anything wrong with okay. you. It's just your interest. Yeah. Uh, the question is, are more women than men interested in true crime? And the next question is why? Why would women be more susceptible to this than men? One possibility is I really want to be tough. Mm -hmm. I really want to be violent myself, but society won't let me. I don't. Uh, we're talking impossibilities here, but let's hear what she has to say anyway. 
Yeah, you know, live vicariously yeah, through I don't the know. killer. When I wrote this book, I started thinking about all the other stories I knew of women who were involved with men behind bars for murder. Bundy's girlfriend to Mary, wedding bells to sound for Ted and Carol. Ted Bundy asked Carol Boone to be his bride. Okay. And I thought, like, why? Okay, so I'm assuming this is Ted and Bundy and this and this admirer of his uh, that got married to him in court. Is that what happened? And I started finding women. Yeah. And then interviewing them. What were some of the personality traits that you noticed? Most of them had jobs. Mm -hmm. They were married. They had children. One woman had a PhD and was a college professor. This makes me even more fearful that like this could happen to me. Intelligence, personality. Yeah. Doesn't really enter into it. This is about psychology. What was it in their past? Every woman had been abused in her past by... Okay. Well, there's something in her study anyway. She says every woman that she talked to had been abused in her past. Well, that to me would be red flag number 21 if I had to rewrite that list in my book. You don't want to deal with women that have an infatuation with men that abuse them. That's a red flag for sure, man. Getting involved with the prisoner or the lifer, they were in the dominant position. Well, there's a spinning wheel of death again. This isn't an internet problem, by the way, on my end. Some, some people comment and go, why don't you just have a faster package? Dude, I've got the fastest package. This is a problem with StreamYard collaborating with that stream with this stream. So. We'll see if it fixes itself. Sometimes it's agreeable. Sometimes it's disagreeable. They would make the prison visits. Mm -hmm. They would accept the collect phone calls. So this All right, let's reduce this a little bit more here. Go to 360p. This was also a way of regaining control yes. in some sense. So I'm writing a new book. I'm going to explore why women more than men are so obsessed with true crime. When you look at women who write to serial killers, I feel like, okay, well, where is the line? When does my obsession become creepy and problematic? These women are not crazy. When you fall in love with someone, it's because that person fills your psychological needs. So being in a relationship with a convicted- No, she said earlier at the start that the avatar of her typical respondent when she was interviewing them was married. These are married women that are falling in love with criminals that are incarcerated. Just, just let that sink in, all right? The murder is like being the star in a romance novel all the time. That makes it sound really good. Well, don't when you I get know. to be my age, you don't want that. Okay, okay. It would be exhausting. Okay, that's fair. But you know, the women who are writing to Chris Watts, right. why are they attracted well, to them? Well, any notorious killer had so many news stories written about them. You can't turn on the television without a documentary or even a feature film being made about one of these people. No, and I'll, I'll probably watch it if I'm honest. Right, and any woman who can write to one of those people and get a response and form a relationship she too will be notorious. Chris Watts or Scott Peterson, remember him? He's similarly notorious. Any of those people will answer. So she's, so she's saying essentially it's about attention and validation as well. I mean, we already know that that's, you know, that's a currency for women. It's important. Answer you. 15 minutes of fame, that's attractive to I think everyone. One of the basic human needs is to be known. Mm -hmm. We live in a celebrity culture and it started with reality TV. The worship of celebrities and the celebrity culture that began like 20, 30 years ago has just morphed into this crazy beast. <laughs> why more women than men are obsessed with crime, true crime and outlaws, has to do with the way culture still views women. We still don't have a woman president. We still don't have- Oh, here we go. Here we go. I knew this was gonna come, the whole victim mindset. We still don't have a women president. We still, da da da, da. here we go. Listen to this now. Have more than 50% representing mm -hmm. top ranks of corporations. Think how much flack women get from- So, <laughs> the reason why women have an infatuation with serial killers and murderers is because we haven't had a female president or we haven't had- 50% representation in the corporate world. Like, come on, lady. Being 
outspoken. Yeah, tough that's women. That's very true. Get a lot of flack. You're tough women. You're a bitch. Yeah. If you're a tough man, it's like you're. Yeah, you're taking leadership. America is a country founded on, you know, the Wild West. The cowboy, tall, lean, mean, with two six shooters on his hip. This isn't a phenomenon unique to America either. I mean, like I know that some people live in a bubble in their head, but this is something that happens throughout the Western world, right? Um, women in the UK are infatuated with serial killers and murders. In fact, some of the letters that they were talking about in one of these articles that were going to Nicholas Cruz, he was he was talking to a woman in England about having kids with her. And he was talking about naming his sons after firearms, Remington, Kalashnikov. It's hilarious, right? settling the frontier that's true that's our history and then moving forward into anyway that's spinning wheel of death you know what we're going to pull this out because she's she started to lose some credibility when she started whinging and whining with the victim mindset stuff we don't have a female president that's why all these women are infatuated with serial killers okay well sure um then i came across this over here which is apparently tumblr is popular with the ladies And if you type into Google search, Tumblr, women that love serial killers, there's all kinds of these threads Um, inside the Tumblr community where women worship killers, inside Tumblr's serial killer fandom problems, uh, serial killers, the Keller technologies, that's another Tumblr thread. I don't use Tumblr, so uh, F yeah, serial killers on Tumblr. (laughs) The secret exceptions of true crime tumblr bloggers serial killers on tumblr yeah so like you get the idea like this is a phenomenon that's unique and it seems like there's a a bunch of theories on it but i mean if you distill down the bullshit and take away the blah 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 the reason why this happens because we haven't had a female president it seems like women are attracted to strong powerful men that are able to do things uh, bad things in fact um and it makes sense you know for thousands of years for hundreds of thousands of years, human beings were nomadic hunter-gatherers. And women would want to be with competent men that were able to, you know, defeat killer animals, saber-toothed tigers, and warring tribes. And if they came back with blood on their hands, I would imagine, and and food, or, uh, you, you know, like as a, uh, a, as a winner, you know, like women don't care about your struggles. They hang out at the finish line. They pick, you know, they pick the winner, as I've been said or quoted many times and often misquoted, you know, as it goes. Uh, but they're basically with the guy that was competent enough to do those bad things, right? So that's where my theory lies with it. Um, it seems like there's a few other obsessions, but it's a clear obsession anyway. I haven't seen this Jeffrey Dahmer thing on Netflix. I try to avoid watching long series like junk junk shit like that because it's like, who cares? Um, but there you go. Let me grab the... Um, uh, chats here. Let me see if there's anything here that I might have missed that might have been relevant. Here, I'll grab the link as well so you guys can uh, hop in and join. Copy. And let's open this over here. Okay, so if you guys are watching this, you're going to have to head over to YouTube um, on the live stream. I'm going to post the join link to ask questions uh, there. Gotta click all these buttons to make one thing happen like this. There we go. All right, so join in and ask a question live. Boom. There's a StreamYard link. Make sure you have a good connection and ideally headphones. And I shall pin that to the top. 
So head over there. Um, yeah, the, and all the links for the stuff that I was talking about on this are in the description of this uh, video. So you can just drop down and you can take a look at that and a few more things for yourself. Let's see what the chat's got over here. Good evening, good evening. You guys are chatting it up. We went nuts for the Boston Marathon bomber. Yeah, there was like every single serial killer that I came across, all the names, they all had groupies. Every single one of them. Um, Greg says, I employ a decent amount of th felons. They've told me girls send letters and photos all the time. The more news coverage and scandalous the case, the more mail the dude gets even years later. So... There you go. I mean, you want to have a lot of sex, uh, you know, end up in prison, get your conjugal visits, you send them home, whatever. Uh, let's see what else we got in here. Military branch during training. Okay, so this kid was in military training. Uh, it's pretty effing despicable, actually imagining logging on to social media, seeing girls cream their pants for the dude who murdered and ate your son. Uh yeah dude like i've noticed the same thing most women today are obsessed with these documentaries and shows um you know date them played them whatever but based on what i'm seeing over here it's a lot it's you know it's pretty common um you know she was even talking about most of the women that were interviewed the author anyway again they were all married so you've got married women that are utterly obsessed with the notion that uh this dude is hot <laughs> and you saw what Nicholas Cruz looks like. I mean, some of these guys are better looking than, than others, but this, this Nicholas Cruz kid was an utter incomplete nerd. Right. And like the irony of it all was he was an incel that wanted the attention of women, lost his mind, shot up the school, was convicted and tried thrown in jail. And now he's getting the attention of women. Like it's just, it's just bonkers, man. Like a lot of the stuff that you come across when you start diving down these different paths and the rabbit holes of unplugging, it's like, there's some disgusting shit that you come across. You know, it's, it's pretty gross. Um, again, guys, the link to hop in is there pinned in the top comment. I'm going to do a quick uh, ad reel, pay a few bills around here. Just check out this ad insert and we'll take some call-ins. This episode is brought to you by the Unplugged Alpha Supplements and Grondike Soap Company. Brothers, if you're like me and you take what you put in your body seriously, you'll want to use the Unplugged Alpha Supplements. An obsession with absorption is what sets this line apart from the others. You want to make sure that you absorb as much of the supplements as possible so you don't end up peeing out expensive urine. My supplement line is made in the United States from the highest quality domestic ingredients. And unlike cheaper supplements from China in plastic bottles, mine ship in dark glass bottles to keep your supplements fresher, longer, and won't seep endocrine disrupting plastics into your supplements. Nothing is a hard tablet. Everything is in an easily digestible, bioavailable capsule. You can filter all products by various categories, including testosterone support, estrogen metabolism, fat burning, immune health, sleep support, and performance. Visit theunpluggedalpha.com forward slash shop and use the subscribe and save option to get 10% off your supplement orders or use coupon code alpha10 for 10% off a one-time order to try it out. Then I use tactical soap and God of War beard oil every day. Tactical soap is a handmade product made in the United States from ingredients you can actually pronounce, not conventional endocrine lowering toiletry chemicals. Both the soap and the beard oils are infused with bioidentical pheromones that are designed by a clinical psychologist and pheromone expert to maximize attractiveness, 
to the opposite sex. Go visit coopersoap.com and get 10% off your order today. Guys, check out my website at richcooper.ca for more information on booking me for coaching, my community, my courses, and a whole bunch more. You can also find all the useful links pinned below in the top YouTube comment of all my videos. Now let's get on with the show. All right, let's do this. Let's get some Q&A going from you guys. Any question? Open to anybody. Uh, actually, Moff, since you're in the chat, why don't you click through and I'll um, let you do your little uh, bit because you're working on a project right now. And um, I've got a few people waiting also to take some uh, take some questions at me. Um, actually, while you're clicking that, let me grab Josh over here to move some of these out of the way. All right, Josh, how you doing, buddy? You're muted, by the way. You're going to have to unmute yourself. Hey, Rich. What's going on? You're muted again. Uh, you know, you've heard of, um, what's his name, Charles Manson. Like, he, you know that he's like a murderer and he's killed a bunch of people. Yet he had like a harem of women, didn't yeah. he? Well, he did before he was um, even jailed, right? Mm. And, and there was guys like Savile, as you know, was a pedophile and had a lot of attention. Although mm. he also um, sexually sort of women in front of TV didn't he? Mm. It's crazy. I don't know the details of him now, but okay. There's a documentary on him on Netflix. I don't know. You're, you're Canadian, aren't you, Rich? Yeah. I don't know if they've got um, Jimmy Savile, the British Horror Story on on Netflix in your country, but you can watch it. Okay. But it does also go over. Is this a ask that you've got? Like, do you have a question or is this just some information that you're sharing? Some info I want to share. Okay. Did you have a question too? Um, yeah, I've got a question. What are your thoughts on... What are your thoughts on... Gamer girls. Gamer girls. Like uh, this recent one, Amarath, that uh, just divorced her husband. Like, like this type of chick? I don't know anything about her, but... Why are you asking the question? So let's start with that. I'm just particularly curious what you think. Because I saw like your video about like gaming. Mm -hmm. Well, they're, they're just girls using guys for attention. I kind of have noticed that. Kind of like um, OnlyFans, isn't it? It's OnlyFans for, with more clothing, basically. It's like uh, guys develop yeah. a relationship with these women. I saw this one uh, clip once somebody sent me a few years ago. I think I, I shared it on uh, Twitter and it went viral a, a couple times. But there was this chick that basically um, did a nine-hour stream of herself sleeping. And there was 90,000 viewers watching her sleeping and they were making donations to oh, her yeah. donation tab on mm. uh, Twitch while yeah. she was asleep. That's so, fucking crazy, man. It's beyond crazy. Like, like this is the thirst that that men have for women. And if they were to allocate some of that money and, and some of that time to go into the gym, you know, improving themselves or looks, maybe yeah. getting a better job or, or getting a job if they're not working, they yeah. could probably find something that would make them, you know, at least content or at least fill that cup a little bit. But instead they throw money and time at these random thoughts on the internet. So I'm not like, look, 
OnlyFans, gamer girls, whatever. It's all thoughtery. It's all women seeking the attention and resources mm. of men. It's just different ways that they do it. And because guys like playing video games, women figured out that if they hang out in that area, put on a push-up yeah. bra, low-cut top, that they too can get attention and money as well. It's, you know, like it is what it is. Yeah. Makes sense? But, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Really. Yeah, there's not much to add to that. Hey, okay, thanks, Joss. All right. Um, let's take... Again, guys, if you have a question, the link to join the StreamYard link is at the top of the live chat on YouTube. You're going to have to... Uh, I'll just grab the YouTube link and drop it in the chat. So if you're watching this elsewhere on the internet, you come over there. Make sure you subscribe to the channel because, you know, this is how things work. Uh, I don't even know what this name is. I think it's Hebrew. I don't know. Uh, can you hear me? Do you have a microphone? Yeah, I have. You hear me? Yeah. Hey, Rich. How are you doing? Good. How are hey, you doing, man? Can you, can you see me? I no. don't have my camera. No, your, your camera's know. either off or you got the cover on your lens. I don't know how to get it on. But, don't worry about uh, it. Good to be on the show. I'm a long-time listener. I read your book. I read all of Rolo's five books. I'm mm. recently unplugged, like from March area. Okay. And uh, okay, so I'm we got what you time. might... I have two questions. I'm mm -hmm. what you might call a unplugged beta. I'm trying to kill the beta and become more alpha. Mm -hmm. um, the name is Nick, by the way. Nick, uh, okay. Yeah. And I recently, like two months ago, I dated a girl. And I got out of the relationship with two main questions. Mm -hmm. The first one is how do I maintain frame in the relationship? Because I feel like I only get bits of answers and there's more to it. I know I made a lot of mistakes, but I still feel like there's stuff to be learned there. So that's the first question. So like the whole thing with frame in a relationship is it starts from the very beginning. Um, she has to enter your frame. She has to be on board on your plan from the get-go. It's not something that you modify later on down the road. If you do it right, then you should be able to maintain frame throughout the entire relationship. For those that are watching that don't know what that is, in every relationship, one person enters the other person's frame. He either enters her frame or she enters his frame. What generally happens is early on, women enter his frame, but as they move forward and she has the talk and does the whole where do we stand sort of conversation and he says fine let's be boyfriend girlfriend and they start dating and visiting family and they do holidays together and dinners and all that sort of stuff he he tends to go through betatization through a thousand concessions and then he starts to lose frame so his frame is no longer the dominant frame in the relationship so the, to the, the, you sorry the thing is i i went in the relationship with a frame mm -hmm. with like relatively strong one and mm -hmm. then i got really um confused when she started overtly addressing subjects like uh, relationship equality and you know i'm into i should get to do this thing too and like she starts overly talking about subjects that are uh, uh, complementary versus equal equality and i just didn't know how to respond or react you're gonna to get that. that though dude like you're going to get most modern women today. Where do you live, by the way? Israel. Okay, so, I mean, this happens everywhere in the world. You're going to get most modern women today, like I said, put men through betatization through a thousand concessions. It starts with basic stuff like don't brush your teeth over there. You're going to get toothpaste on the carpet or make sure you put your white socks in the white hamper and your dark socks in the dark hamper. But 
then they start pushing into other areas too, right? Like they'll start talking about political opinions. They'll start talking about equality. They'll start complaining about things like why women get paid less than men for doing the exact same job. And most guys will just start to let that slide or they don't say anything. The thing that you got to remember about frame is it's a thing that you have to maintain, right? It's, it's, it's about your only job. And if you're able to deal with those things as they come up and they're small, like, you know, when it starts with don't brush your teeth over there, you're going to get toothpaste in the carpet. Like I said, you just kind of look over your shoulder, amuse mastery, and you carry on doing what you're already doing because it's your house or whatever, you know, you've got cleaners that come and clean anyway, it doesn't matter, but you don't acknowledge these little shit tests to try to get you to comply into her frame. She's not doing it intentionally. It's not like she gets, you know, gets up in the morning, Nick and goes, right. I'm going to beta tie this guy. I'm going to make him my little bitch. I'm going to make sure that I shit test him and I'm going to try to get him into my frame. They have no idea what they're doing. They just do it because they're women, right? And they need to competency test guys to make sure that you're the best that they can get. So as you, as you start to get softer and you comply more with her, then you're going to enter into her frame more. You're going to start going to her events more. You're going to start agreeing to, to, buy things and spend your financial resources on things that are on her agenda. You're going to start moving your stuff into a man cave and not have, you know, your house is your castle. It's like, you know, then you sequester to some dark corner of the house. And it's with each one of these little concessions that a little bit of your frame is given up and she takes it from you. Okay. So yeah, and I, I understand that it wasn't so much concessions as mm -hmm. it was like discussions that I didn't know how to exit or not to enter when well, she talks about these subjects overtly. Yeah, so you just don't agree with her. I don't care. I don't agree with you. Or like, give me an example, you know, so we can deal with it that way to make it more relevant to you. Like uh, an example, okay. Like, um, let me think. Like when I told, told her about uh, my, not, not a particular example comes to mind, but it was always a, uh, her she always said like you know i should get to do that too you know i like what? feel like uh, i don't know like like stuff that i did or said and she said you know women women need to have that right too or that kind of stuff and give me the example of what the right is that she's looking for that you have that she also wants i don't remember it was like specific moments in the relationship but i got your overall point and okay, well, the, well, let's use like this example then, because this is a common one that a few people have probably heard already. Well, if you get to go out with your friends, then I want to get to go out with my friends to the nightclubs and bars too, okay? Well, men and women are different. We have different sexual strategies. We have different desires. Women are at risk, you know, in certain areas of their lives that men aren't at risk at. Like one of the arguments that you could make is, okay, well, if you think that men and women are equal, the next time you hear a bang in the night, you get up out of bed and you go downstairs and you deal with it and I'll stay here. Right. But yeah. they can't go and, you know, like it's not an a la carte menu. Like I'm going to take this when it's convenient for me. But when I hear a bang in the night or the window is smashed, then Nick has to go deal with it because I'm the girl. Right. Yeah. So yeah. they can't have it on terms that they feel comfortable with that work for them. You have to put your foot down and say, no, it doesn't work that way. And you have to be OK with basically something like a soft next to correct the behavior, which is something ideally that you do before you guys start living together or start running into these problems. Or um, what's another way that you can deal with it? Uh, just <laughs> a lot of guys like to create drama, right? Like there's this, there's this theme of there's this notion that 
these women are manufacturing drama in a relationship because there's an ab absence of it. So they want to fight with you over something like, well, if you do that, then I want to be able to do that too sort of thing. It's like, no, I don't date women that behave that way. Well, what do you mean? Yeah. I, yeah, I, I just told you exactly what I mean. I don't date women that behave that way, right? And then you just leave the ball in their court. And if they carry on trying to behave that way or they want to continue to act that way, then you have to introduce consequences. And that might be breaking up with her. It might be a soft next. There might be any number of ways that you, know, you got to handle it. But I've said this many times, guys. Like Dealing with women on a long-term basis is going to be harder than just spinning plates and just dating. Because when they misbehave, you can put your foot down. You've got other options. You can go off doing your own thing. You can hang out with your bros. She doesn't live in your house. She's not your girlfriend. You can do whatever you want. Women will stress test the relationship when you're in an LTR frequently. I mean, they're called shit tests. And yeah. they're going to do it. And it's going to be work for you to maintain them and have them come back into your frame in that relationship, right? It's just a part of life, right? Like, look, I'm in an LTR. My girl shit tests me from time to time. I have to play these games too. Like, hey, you know, welcome to the world. Yeah, okay. I had a second question, Rich. This mm -hmm. one's a quick one. Yeah. Um, as I said, because I was unplugged and I saw all the mistakes I did live but didn't know how to handle most of them, she eventually probably smelled the beta and that's why she broke up with me. Mm -hmm. The thing is, in that moment, I asked why. And she said, I prefer to keep the reason to myself. I don't feel like I owe it to you. And it's the second time a girl breaks up with me without telling me why. And I wanted to ask your opinion about getting the reason out of her. Is she even going to tell me something useful, like from the no. female experience? No, she's probably going to lie to you anyway. Like when a guy breaks up with a girl and then I ask why, they often get that sort of response well i don't owe it to you or it's none of your business or i don't want to talk to you the funny thing is is that when a guy breaks up with a girl she wants endless meetings text messages emails coffees to sort of reconcile all the fucked up shit that's going on in her head and most guys give it to them right so that's one of the big differences you know between men and women all that all that you got to know is that her genuine desire that she's had from you has been removed and it's it's generally going to be removed she doesn't see you as boyfriend material husband material whatever dating type of material circumstances have changed and it's generally because you've let yourself you've let your frame go and you've and you've handed her the keys to the relationship men lead women follow as soon as men start giving women the keys to the relationship they start sitting in the passenger seat of the car and they let her drive sort of thing like all of these minutias, like all of these tiny little areas where guys make these small concessions add up over time. And then she eventually will develop some sort of mindset like, fuck him. I don't owe him an answer. We're done. And then she's just going to go and repeat the same cycle with another guy over again and beta tie some other dude. And she's probably going to end up in the same spot. So that, so there's little things that you can do along the way. Like one of the things that I just mentioned is when you drive anywhere, you make sure you drive the car. Even if it's her car, she sits in the passenger seat. When I go out, if my girlfriend's car is parked behind mine and we have to take her car, she doesn't even think about sitting in the driver's seat. She's sitting in the car waiting for me in the passenger seat. I get in the car. I drive the car. It's not even a conversation, right? So these are things that you that you establish early on in the relationship. You don't like it's very, very hard to get the frame back later on in the relationship when you've been dating for a while and you start to hand her the keys to things, right? Like you have to deal with it early on and you have to maintain it. The weird part is we only dated for like a month and a half and she i was her first she was a 23 year old virgin mm -hmm. in the beginning and up until the end she was madly like pleasing me and cooking and pleasing me in the bedroom and like four days before 
this uh, telephone call happened when she said, I don't owe you a reason mm -hmm. for this. Prior to that, we still had great, amazing all night sex. Mm -hmm. So it was really surprising, like how quickly she went from that to that. Usually women that go from hot to cold very, very quickly. Um, they have abandonment issues here. It's, it's, um, it's the first, I think it's the first red flag in my book on 20 red flags. Let me just kind of re recap it. Cause I haven't gone through this. She has all, all green flags. Like I didn't find a single red one. Well, I can tell you right now, if she's going from hot to cold very, very quickly, um, it's in the first red flag daddy issues. Well, that's like uh, it's, a half it's, red it's flag usually, she told me no, about. It's, no, it's tied into borderline personality disorder. Women that go from hot to cold. Like if she goes from extremely hot, you know, smoking hot sex to like the next day, I don't owe you shit. That's a bad sign. That's that's generally tied into BPD. It, it was like the only half red flag I found. She told me that when she was very little, her father abused her, her sister and her mother. And mm -hmm. then... The mother and the father got divorced and mm -hmm. during the 15 years uh, since then they repaired the relationship and now she has a great relationship with her that i even met her father mm -hmm. so it was like a very tiny half red flag that I. you didn't. said that she didn't see her father for 15 years no no i said in the 15 years uh, after her uh, her father and mother got divorced they since repaired the relationship okay, but she grew, she grew up grew without up. a father she grew up uh, with her mother, yeah. Her yeah. father came around a lot, but... Yeah, they, did you read my book, dude? Very... I think you said you, that you read it. I read it, yeah. 20 red flags. The first one is daddy issues. One of the things that's tied into daddy issues is abandonment, not having a father in her life growing up. For 15 years, she didn't have a father growing up. She goes from hot and, you know, hot to cold. That's, that's one of the telltale signs of borderline personality disorder. I'm not saying that, you know, she had or she didn't have it. I'm not a clinical guy that can diagnose it. But what I'm saying is if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's probably going to be a duck, right? Now, set that aside. That that doesn't matter. Probably the real reason why things went sideways is, again, because like you, you know, viewed your, you know, the relationship and the way things went is because you gave her the keys to the relationship. You know, you entered her frame. But that was only a month and a half. That's a very short type of relationship like that's really dating that's not a relationship you know generally speaking yeah i just fell into a relationship status uh, very um she, she went very strategically about this like mm -hmm. four days in while we're between rounds of sex she's like caressing my dick and ask can i tell people i have a boyfriend now and i just i made the mistake of telling yes i just fell into it <laughs> And that was a big frame let go probably on the get-go how long how long were you dating before she said can i tell people that i have a boyfriend now it was four days and we were in bed when four days she, yeah yeah you should probably read my book and spend some more time yeah you're right like you're 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 describing the characteristics and traits of a unplugged beta male um a lot of guys that are new to what i'm talking about unplugging from the matrix and, and getting these concepts squared away in their head it, it's not going to come through one pass in the book. It's not going to come from watching, you know, like a few podcasts. It's going to come from some years of work, right? Like, yeah, even, I know. Like, I still, like, even I know me, I still dude, haven't created the abundance mindset. They still got it. Look, like, like to sort of help you understand what's involved here, even me, I wrote the book. I am the unplugged alpha. Like, I'm that guy. I still mm -hmm. have to use, like, I still have to pause from time to time and think to myself, Okay, if I'm going to respond this way, that's going to look like shit. So I need to do it this way. 
you know, sort of thing, or if there's a conversation or there's some sort of disagreement, it doesn't happen that often. But when it does, I have to sort of course correct because what we're all going to do is we're all going to revert back to our plugged in condition. And we're all going to want to plug back into the matrix, do what we've been told to do our entire lives, comply, happy wife, happy life, just be a nice guy, nod our, you know, nod our heads when they start talking bullshit about how that's not fair. And if men can do it, then women should too, because that's what we've been told to do, right? So you have to constantly remind yourself. And one of the best ways, guys, I'll tell you this right now, one of the best ways that you can get good at this is do it while you're dating, do it while you're spinning plates, do it while you're dealing with more women, because you're more often than not just dealing with text messaging back and forth. Make sure as you're looking at the text thread that she is in your frame. You know, she's not telling you where you're gonna gonna go on the date. You're telling her where we're gonna go on the date and at what time. And if you like her in that black dress that you saw in that one picture, you tell her to wear the black dress because that's what a dominant leader does. And that's truthfully what women want. Like they like they want to enter your frame. So it's a good practice to start to get used to. See what I'm saying? Yeah, it's yeah, it's really hard to kill the beta, but I want to thank you and really Rollo too so much because I use so much of the stuff in your books. And Good. I also did a lot of things right in that relationship with, with like dread game and uh, competition anxiety and How 23. Oh, you got a long way to go. Don't worry about chicks too much. Chase excellence. Yeah, yeah, I know. Thanks, all right, buddy. Thank you for all you're doing. Thank Thanks, Nick. Take care, buddy. And again, guys, if you've read the book, please do me a solid. Go to Amazon, leave a review, let other guys know what kind of value you got out of the content. It just it just helps out with you know ratings and stuff like that. Um, holy smokes, we got a lot of guys here. Uh, okay, let's start to tear through these. Uh, we got Eric in the house. What do you got for me, buddy? Hey, Rich, how's it going? I, li I like the shirt you're wearing tonight. I Thanks, got another um, kind of kill the beta question. Okay. I um divorced. I've, I've got young kids and I ended up in a long-term relationship with uh, a girl that lives an hour and a half away. She is okay. a single mom. She's a single mom. And we, we see each other. Sometimes I see her son. Sometimes she visits my kids and mm -hmm. sometimes we get them all together, but I've been dating for about two years for now. Now. And I'm just wondering kind of how to kill the beta. You know, um, I've had these like urges that I want to progress the relationship forward in, mm -hmm. into something more. Mm -hmm. And uh, with the distance, I just I just don't think that's going to happen. So just so, I mean, you're probably locked in your school zone with your kids, and she's going to be locked in her school zone with her kids anyway, right? Yep. No, there's no way that it's going to going to work. And our kids are young, so it's not. How old like, are you? I'm 38. How old is she? 37. Do you want to have more kids? Probably not. Okay. So what is the point in you two living together? There is none. No, it's it's not. And I know if I logically think about it, I'm like, oh, this is great. We have fun. We do fun things. It's a, it's a great relationship. Um, mm -hmm. Question is, how you know, I get every once in a while, I'll get into these kind of trains where I'm like, well, this relationship's not progressing. And I'm like, where, where does it need to progress to? I mean, is there really? Yeah, that's just again, that's, you know, that's plugging in. That's that's just plugging back into the matrix and, you know, believing all the societal lies and narratives like okay well you start dating and then you like each other and then when it comes to single you know parents that have kids you know then they start thinking okay well then the next step is let's introduce you to my kids and then we'll go out with your kids sort of thing and then maybe we'll take a vacation together and see how they get along and then you start thinking okay should we maybe get a place together maybe halfway between where we live right now and they like you start cooking up all this bullshit ask me how i know i dated a single mom right so what's wrong with the scenario that you're in 
absolutely nothing. It's actually a pretty good scenario to be in because you don't have to combine your lives. I mean, you've got a pretty good reason to maintain your household. She stays at hers. You date. You have your fun. You don't want to have any more kids anyway. So what's the point in moving in together? Like, do you want to raise some other dude's kids? She's not going to want to raise, you know, some other woman's kids. You know, she's going to want authority over them, but she's not going to want any kind of responsibility to them. Did you read my book? I talk about those details about dating a uh, single mom. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, dating her before I read your book. Yeah. But, um, but, um, you know, as I- How did that hit you, by the way? Like when you went through that chapter about, you know, the truth about dating single moms? Yeah. It was just, you hit the, I mean, even what you're talking about right now just hits the nail right on the head. I mean, it's exactly on point. You know, Eric, I had a conversation with my lawyer a couple of years ago. We had lunch and, you know, we're shooting the shit. And like in Toronto, we've got the east end and the west end. And he lives in one of the ends. And, you know, he was saying his girlfriend lives in the other end. Um, And I said to him, you know, so what do you think life's going to look like you look look like for you going forward? And he's just I've just resigned myself to the fact that I'm going to be a lifelong bachelor. He goes, you know, I've seen enough and I've done enough. He goes, I'm not having any more kids. I'm too old for that. Um, I don't see any benefit whatsoever. There's no upside to me blending my life with another woman's life, even if she's better off than I am, um, which is generally not going to happen because women tend to date across and up on a socioeconomic scale. So generally she's getting the better guy and he's generally dating down and she is often taken care of by the ex-husband, money and resources and child support flows to sort of equalize things. But he just looked at it like, I think I'm just going to be a lifelong bachelor. Like there's no benefit to me whatsoever to blending my life with some other woman and complicating things and intertwining them. Because if you have to untie that knot for whatever reason, it's just easier to say, see ya, I'm out. Peace. Bye, Felicia. Yeah. Yeah. No, I guess the challenge is I grew up in a household. My parents are very much in love still. And, you know, Mm -hmm. they're, they're in their mid seventies and enjoying life together. And, you know, I, I, that's my model for uh, a marriage and, you know, I'm just in a different place right now. And yeah. Like, look, man, like how long ago did you get uh, divorced? Three years ago. How old are your kids? Uh, eight and seven. Yeah. Focus on your kids, man, because like you've got maybe till they're 12 ish, um, you know, before they start not being that interested in you. Um, right now, they're like, that's a great age that they're they're your best buds. You can do stuff with them on a regular basis. Don't put a lot of focus on women or dating or anything to do with your kids. Like invest your time and resources in what matters. And that's in your own lineage, not some other dude's lineage. Take care of that. Like see how everything sits with you over that time. And if you want to change anything in the future, at least do it from an informed position where it's like, you know, you really know what this chick's made of, you know, sort of thing. How long have you been dating her? Uh, like two years. She had any red flags for my red flag chapter? Besides single mom, not not really. Okay. Well, I mean, I talked about the one condition in the single mom chapter where I said it might make sense. Is that something that that would apply to you? I mean, she she has a younger son, mm-hmm. so it does, and I have a daughter, so it it somewhat applies. Yeah, but that's a risk factor, though. She yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a risk factor. Yeah. Yeah. So there's so there's really not a lot of benefit, dude. Like I would just carry on doing what you're doing if you want to keep seeing her. She's she's cool. You know, you guys have a good time, then do it. But why do you want to complicate that? unnecessarily no, things are I, not I, going to get better yeah i don't want to complicate it and I, I know and that was kind of one of the reasons you know i'm going into the relationship and you know she lives an hour and a half away i mean i was like do we that's want a bit to do of a trek that's yeah. like, like my rule when i'm dating is like 20 minutes that's it like i'm yeah. not like i'm not driving more than 20 minutes yeah it's, it's interesting it 
you know, there's, um, you know, there's desire on both sides. If you may, you know, you have to make that drive round trip, you know, it's, it, um, it's 90 minutes each way. Yeah. Okay. So three yeah. hours of driving to go out and see her and then come back if you know, you're not spending the night. Yeah. It's mostly over overnight stuff. It's only, I mean, it's the weekends. We don't have our kids most of the time. So okay. everything's you good. Know, otherwise self-care, you know, money's right. Like you got, yeah, money's right. Today. I've been, you know, millionaire. No, not, not yet, but I, I have a, I have a good job and I, I work hard. I work out. I mean, yeah. things are good. I have a great relationship with my kids and I put that, that's my number one priority. I, yeah. you know, I just, you know, I struggle with the loss of not, not my ex-wife, just the, the family, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I'm a beta for family. So mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. And I trying to unplug from that a little bit as well. Nothing wrong and with family. Like family, I still have wonderful family. Thing. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with family. Family, you know, family is a wonderful thing. But it's, it's not traditional the deal. is what I'm saying. Yeah. Look, I I get it. But I mean, like, even if you were to replace your ex-wife with the new girlfriend, you know, you fully know that it's not it's not even going to be close. And on a balance of probabilities, the chances of things ending up the way that your marriage ended up are more likely than things going very well. Yeah. Right. So it's Girl, like girlfriends over wives for sure. <laughs> Girlfriends are better than wives. So why would you want to turn a girlfriend into a wife, basically? Because as soon as you live together, that's the way the government views things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it, Rich. All right, man. As always, your advice is spot on. Thanks, buddy. Take care. Um, All right. Let's keep cooking through these. We got uh, Jackson. Uh, Jackson, what's up, buddy? Hey, Rich. Can you hear me? Yeah. Uh, Hold on. Let's get my camera going. Can you hear me? I can hear you, and I've got a black screen, so your camera's not on or it's covered. Something's wrong with my camera. Who? Anyway, I have two questions I want to ask you, but first I want to say something about the topic. Mm-hmm. So what you just talked about with the women being obsessed with serial killers, that goes to show if the girl's got true burning desire for you, you can get away with anything. I mean, there's a girl obsessed with a gay man who killed and ate people. It's yeah. fucking wild. Well, I mean, you got to remember, like, these guys were nobody before they did these crazy uh, things like you know committed these crimes and then were convicted and then got all the notoriety like nicholas cruz again you know is a perfect example i don't know if you heard me talk about that earlier but it's like dude could not get the attention of women the reason why he did what he did was because women would not give him the attention that he wanted he couldn't he couldn't get them to respond to him he didn't know how to deal with rejection and then he goes and shoots up a school and all of a sudden women are sending him love letters so i mean it's just a bizarre, disgusting phenomenon as far as I'm concerned, but it is what it is. It's like, that's the reality of it. Okay, cool. Right. I mean, it doesn't always make sense, but it is reality. Uh, my first question is, what is your opinion on the passport bros? Passport bros? You mean guys that get multiple passports? The guys that... Okay, so it's a group of guys that espouse not dating American women or women in the West and instead going to Latin America and Southeast Asia. Oh. I don't know anything about <laughs> Africa, but... Is that is that what they're called, the passport bros? It's what people are calling them, yes. Okay, so I have an upcoming Unplugged Alpha episode that'll be on that topic. Um, so I'm not going to give it all away, but it's a really stupid strategy. It's like, look, man, if you can't, if you can't get women where you're at, then you're not going to do any better going to a third world country, getting women where they're at, and then bringing them back. The grass is not greener on the other side of the fence. The grass is greener where you water and fertilize it and cut it. So get your shit right where you stand before you, you know, pick up and go somewhere else and think that you're going to do better over there. So 
long story short, that's the answer, but wait for the next podcast episode where I deal with the passport bros, I guess. I will definitely look forward to watching that. Uh, one important thing, though, is some of these guys have no problem getting women. Mm. Uh, one guy in particular, I think his name's Austin Holloman. Uh, he's pretty interesting. Holler, Hollerman? Hollerman. I think that's his name. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. He's in Dallas, Texas. Has no problem getting women, but mm. he stated he's sick of the entitlement and all the bullshit, and he's had better experiences going to Brazil and Colombia than the United mm, States. Okay. Yeah, so that's... Um... That's kind of a similar story to what my boy uh, Jaron does. Like he lives in Latin America, but he's American. It's just because he's fed up with like he gets women. It doesn't matter where he lives. Right. So that's mm -hmm. a different story. But most of your passport bro guys are guys that can't get women where they are at. And then they go overseas to try to solve that problem to, you know, create a solution to their sexual uh, frustrations. But if you're talking about guys like this Austin Holloman, like I'm looking at him, you're maybe even talking about guys like my boy, Jaron, these guys yeah. can get women wherever they're yeah. at. It's just that they yeah. prefer more agreeable, feminine, beautiful women versus what they're getting in the U S or other Western countries. So that's a totally different story. Right. That makes sense. Uh, my second question is about entrepreneurship. So, uh, when you started your business, it was a debt relief business, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So did you have any sort of self doubt or were you nervous to start it? And if you did, how'd you overcome that? Shit, now you're going to take me back to 2002, <laughs> um, 20 years ago. So did I have, of course, of course I was anxious about it. I mean, shit, you know, like they say that a salary is a drug they give you to get you to forget about your dreams. And I had right. been given that drug for a good 10 years, right? Like right. I worked in the corporate world for a long time. I was paid well. I performed well. Uh, but like I talk about in the chapter of my book, I got hired from my resume. I got fired because of fit, you know, the new VP and I didn't get along. So when they were giving out packages to lower, uh, overhead, I was the guy that got it. So, yeah, I mean, I wasn't comfortable with the idea. I had anxiety over it probably. Um, but I just plugged through. It's just like, you know, how bad do you want it? You know, it was a question that I pretty much asked myself every day. It's like, if I want this bad enough, then I'll find a solution. I'll make it fucking happen. I'm not going to make excuses happen. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go back to the corporate world was basically the story or the narrative that I told myself. I'm not going to go back to those losers and keep doing what they want and be their bitch. Right. I knew that I was destined for more and I just plugged away at it, man. Like, you know, I've got a, a, a course, you guys that have been watching for a while probably know this, the School of Entrepreneurship. It opens and closes every few months. We do some Zoom calls. There's new material that's added. But one of the tenets of it that I often talk about is one of the most important skills you have to develop as a guy, especially if you're going to become an entrepreneur, is problem-solving skills. You have to know how to solve problems. And I fortunately have that gumption. Like I just have, I got the balls, right? Like I just make shit happen. And I found what I needed to find out doing what I needed to do. And I just kind of made it happen, dude. It's just like one of those things. All right. That was it. So uh, thanks, man. All right, brother. Bye. Thanks so much. Um, okay. Let's hit Moscow here. Let's see what he's got for us. What's up, buddy. Hi. Um, I just wanted to make a comment about your uh, topic. Right. So yeah, about the infatuation with the uh, yeah. serial killers yeah. or murders. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about it. So I think it's other than what you said, right? It's three things. So one is that these women <clears throat> are actually crazy, right? And that, well, something happened in their life and they got hurt. 
right? And then like basically they're you know they're they're not all there, right? Um, the second thing is uh, morbid curiosity, right? Have you ever heard about that? Morbid curiosity, no. Yeah, it's <clears throat> it's like how people like you know like to look like at a car crash or like a train wreck or any kind of like. Uh, well, that's in human nature. Anytime there's yeah. an accident, everybody slows down to look. Exactly right. Well, not only that, they they look at it in the news, right? Like it it just attracts attention, right? Mm -hmm. So like you know like people's like how you know all these shows about like like serial killers, right? It's mm -hmm. it's just because it gets views, right? Just because because of morbid curiosity, right? Okay. Um, and the third is there a thing, question in this? Uh, no, it's just it, it's just comment, right? Oh, okay, wanna... so it's an observation. Okay, so yeah. you have a third thing. Go ahead. Yeah, I have a third thing, right? And the third thing, I think it's actually part of the decline of the West, right? You had like some shows mm -hmm. about it mm -hmm. uh, in the past, yeah, right? Basically, like symptoms of a dying empire, mm -hmm. right? And how like people's like desires and um, they're like twisted, right? And there's like different excesses that happen, right? This happened like you know during the decline of the Roman Empire. Right. And the same thing, you know, you know what I mean? Like the same thing is happening in the. Well, if you're talking specifically about women's infatuation with murderers, that's been consistent throughout history. I don't think that's a new phenomenon. Okay. How does that tie into the decline of the West? Um, I was just thinking that since basically um, since it's, you know, since there are no like strong men, right. Like which are, which are like, you know, like let's say like after World War II, they were like, you know, like famous generals, right? And mm -hmm. like, you know, like powerful leaders that people actually like trusted, right? Like, um, then like women are just turning to like, you know, some women are turning to like- Oh, I see what you're saying. So basically on a per capita basis, you're saying there's more women that are finding infatuation with yeah. these powerful men that end up in jail because there's less of them outside. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, like less celebrities- That's that an interesting look theory. Up, right? I mean, there's it's it would be hard to get data to 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 support that, but I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that women like strong, virtuous men. It, you know, it's just weird. Like back to the Nicholas Cruz thing. Like the guy's an absolute dork. He looks like a nerd. Couldn't get girls before. Goes on a shooting spree, and now girls are messaging him, right? Emailing him or trying to contact him. He's talking about having children with one of them and naming the children Kalishnikov and Remington and stuff like that. Um, it's just a bizarre and disgusting thing that, that just happens yeah, to exist. Is. Does it exist more now because there's more weaker men? I don't know. Maybe, I so. maybe not. Right. I, I think, I think like basically like when there was like bad times, right. That like women just don't have, you know, like all, all this like would be happening around them. Right. If there's like a war going on, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, so, we live in different times today. I mean, exactly. you know, women well, need men like uh, fish needs a bicycle, but still they'll go and chase these losers and, in jail and, and want to be with them so exactly but like the thing is that we're in, you know we're in the fourth turning right and we're approaching right like the end of the fourth turning which usually like ends like in, in like a, you know some some kind of like like climax right well we'll see how it unfolds man yeah, well, All right, i'm gonna get to those callers thanks moscow appreciate it thank you uh let's hit marco and see what he's got for us what do you got for us buddy hey rich thanks for taking my call yeah um I have a question about the uh, multi-generational feasibility of red pill. Okay. So, you know, over the last 10, 20,000 years, let's say marriage has been the go-to standard of how 
we procreate and how we foster the next generation and try to leave the world in a better place than what we found it. Mm. At least that's my theory of, of the world. Um, so I'm just wondering if you've ever given any thought to how red pill fits into that. Well, look, I mean, all that the, all that the red pill is, is just the uncomfortable truth. That's all it is, right? So it's not like some special pill that you take. Everybody's got their new fucking pills, purple, blue, black, green. I don't know. Like we've got a new pill that's invented every week, bite for whatever their ego investments are. Okay. As far as I'm concerned, there's, there's what we've been told, which is a load of bullshit, which is plugged into the matrix. And then there's unplugging from those lies, which is what I talk about, which is why the title of my book is the unplugged alpha. Same thing with the title of the podcast. So there's no multi-generational thing I, I mean i'm sure a thousand years ago if you sat around a campfire with a bunch of people that were out doing what they did back then in the hunter gatherer years there was probably conversations about that guy is full of shit and i don't believe him and this doesn't serve us right it's probably been around for a long time i think it's in human nature to deceive i think that uh people are gullible uh, that for the vast majority of uh, humans on the earth, they're basically sheeple. Like, look what happened with the pandemic, right? Now we've got Pfizer executives admitting that it was never uh, designed to prevent transmission. And what they told us for three years is get vaccinated to you know, protect your neighbor. They've been bullshitting us for years, right? This is not a new phenomenon or, or, or something that needs to be preserved in a multi-generational facet. I think for years and decades and hundreds and thousands of years into the future people will be sitting around on spaceships going that guy's full of shit he's lying to us and he's misleading us and it doesn't you know it doesn't align with me first you know sort of thing so you see what i'm saying yeah yeah i see what you're saying i mean i mean is is your theory then that marriage was never good like before no-fault divorce before the sexual revolution was marriage, marriage not the best marriage way to was, organize marriage society was never Marriage has never been about what people today think marriage is about. Like, what do you think marriage is about? Well, okay. T today in, in 2022? No, like, just like generally speaking, like, like, what is your view of marriage? Like, what do you think that it should be about or, or is about? I mean, the baseline definition of marriage is, well, I mean, the original term is like a sacrament between two individuals and God for the purposes of recreation. Okay. So... There's a book. The author's name is Stephanie Kuntz. The title is A History of Marriage. I encourage you to read it. Sure. She, she took uh, court records, personal diaries, everything that she could find throughout history. And the whole point of marriage throughout history has always been the acquisition of in-laws. It hasn't been about love. It hasn't been about godly stuff or anything like that. It's, it, was, it was conceived because back when they cooked up the idea to combine families, it was because we took care of our own shit. We didn't have law enforcement. We didn't have a fire department. We didn't have medical facilities. Your family had medical professionals, had enforcers, had people that were, um, you know, well-versed on agriculture and raising livestock and stuff like that. So you would blend those families and you would acquire the resources, not of your own family, but also of their family as well. And you would blend those sort of things. So that's what marriage was about and what it was always about it's just this new modern version of it is this hokey pokey disney bullshit where you stand you know in front of a bunch of people and you dress nicely and you take vows to 
love and hold to protect and serve and sickness and health and love and poor and all that kind of bullshit. And that's not how humans operate because as soon as a guy stops chasing excellence is no longer competent and she no longer sees him as his best option. doesn't matter how religious she is. doesn't matter how conservative her family are. It doesn't matter how much her parents love each other. doesn't matter how many of her siblings are married with big families. She will still leave that guy if there's a better option, if she thinks that it's good for her, regardless of what vows that she took. So marriage has very, very little to do what people think that it has to do with, but more so to do with an old world agreement that doesn't really exist anymore. Like you don't need the acquisition of in-laws in today, right? If you have a yeah. fire, you pick up the phone, you call 911. If somebody breaks in your house and there's a bang or there's a burglary, you call 911, right? You know, if you're sick, you go to the hospital. No, I, I agree. If, if you tell young kids to flip a coin and if tails lose half your stuff, then, you know, obviously it's a dumb bet. 50% of the time, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, like the other 50% of the guys that don't get divorced, something like only 13% of them are like, legitimately still in love and maybe three percent are in a state of bliss right like yeah. i i put all the data in my book right you know i collected all that for a reason and put it in there so it's like look i'm guessing you're like a pro-marriage guy well i mean no no i'm, I'm just trying to argue the devil like the devil's advocate point i might mm -hmm. my question is meant to be a little more broader than than just marriage and like my argument for marriage is you know, there were probably a million tribes around fires debating on what the best system was. And mm -hmm. marriage seems to be the one that floated to the top for the longest period of time that we know about. Yeah, I don't know when, you know, the idea of marriage got intertwined with, you know, the ideas of religion and like how all that became. But what I do know is that for hundreds of thousands of years, we operated as nomadic hunter-gatherers. There was no marriages. There was no, oh, he cheated on me, so I'm going to leave him bullshit. Like, guys would just go and bang whoever they wanted. They'd come home, and the woman would stay with him, right? Like, she didn't leave him for that, right? As long yeah. as he provided, that was fine. Um, he just exercises options. But, you know, we we live in a world today. Like, if, if I were to stretch my arms out, if you were to do the same thing, and you plucked a hair out of your head or a hair out of your beard, that, that, that little hair that you would hold at the end of that entire timeline is how we live it as modern humans today in the last 10,000 years. The rest of that timeline, that entire distance from one hand to the other hand, is how we lived as nomadic hunter-gatherers. So we're not really designed to operate in, a, in the world that we live in today. Um, I can't remember the author's name, but there's a book. Uh, here, I'll dig it up for you because I, I think it's a worthwhile listen. Uh, let me grab it. Let me grab it here. You guys got to listen to more books. I'm telling you, man, this is where you get all the good shit. Uh, a hunter gatherer's guide to the 21st century. So it's, it's, uh, it's written by Brett Weinstein and Heather Hying. I think that's his wife, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, but it basically talks about that exact same concept that I was sort of dropping you there. It's like, just so you kind of get your head around where we're at, because it's not, it's not as easy as being idealistic. Like let's get, the red pill to exist in a perpetuity and how do we get marriage and unions to work out? And it's like, we're not good at things like marriage. We, I mean, the divorce stats and the amount of guys that let their lives get destroyed through the family law system should be evidence enough that marriage is kind of a dumb idea. Like it just doesn't work. Oh, and I, I certainly agree with that in, in modern times. I'm, I'm just questioning whether that's always been the case. And no, you know, no, it wasn't always the case. It, 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 it worked better back in the days when men had responsibility to the family, but they also had authority. 
today in a marriage, you still have responsibility to your wife, to your kids. A lot of guys go through many processes that that weaken them through the marriage and, you know, they don't look as attractive. But, you know, a thousand years ago, five thousand years ago, you know, because this modern world we live in with agriculture has been about 10,000 years, um, men still had authority in the household. And that and that meant that whatever was in his house, he had the authority over like nobody could knock on his door and say, no, you can't do that. Or that's against our law here. It was like, that was his house and his house was his castle and everything within was his vassal. And, that, and that's just the way that things were. Now, was that ideal? I don't know. I didn't live back then. I don't, I don't know what the reality of the world was like that to actually live in somebody's shoes day by day. But if you're going to have responsibility to kids and to a wife that's purportedly committed to you, you better have authority over everything because you have responsibility to protect and provide for them as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I guess that, you know, that kind of summarizes what, what I was thinking, you know, if, if, if there has been, you know, some sort of roundtable discussions as far as, oh, yeah. you know, what, what happens in the next, you know, few generations, if we carry this type you can of have- thing forward. You can have roundtable discussions with the most red-pilled motherfuckers out there, and they'll, you know, they'll all have their own view, they'll all have their own opinion. But, but the thing that you got to understand is, that's not the way the world works today. People, people are brainwashed. They're sheeple. They'll stand in line to get their jabs and their shots, and they'll comply and they'll agree. And if whatever the new thing is, they'll put a flag up and they'll update their Facebook profile. People are basically sheep. They're not independent thinkers there's very few people that can see the code in the matrix and unplug from that so have the conversations chop it up with your boys call in my shows and ask questions like this sure. but at the end of the day the best way to respond accordingly is to see what it is understand what it is and then navigate your life accordingly build it out in such a way that you're as anti-fragile as possible and that you live the most optimized way like just take a big map Put it on a wall, plot out all the landmines. This is all the bullshit that can happen. Just walk around them. You don't step on them. Yeah. Yeah, Make that's uh, yeah, that's great. Thanks, Rich. That's my game anyway. All right, brother. Thanks. Uh, Moff, you want to hop in and do your quick pitch before we uh, wrap up? I know you're going to do your stereo show, but you wanted to have a, a quick chat with the uh, viewers about your ting. So hit that real quick. Uh, let me see if there's anything here in the chat that I might need to take a look at. Um, by the way, we're going to do a general show on my channel uh, next Saturday, or not next Saturday, this Saturday coming up. Um, we had a really interesting call in on the last one. So if you haven't seen it, uh, oh, it's okay. So we'll talk offline another time. It doesn't need to do it. Um, we had a really good call in at the start of the show and a few of the clips ended up on the clips channel, but it was this, uh, guy that was vehemently opposed to a lot of the concepts, but didn't have a better solution. He was a very strongly religious dude, but it was a good conversation. So check it out. We'll be doing another one on this Saturday. Um, so if you want to follow up and, uh, get into a little bit more, go check out Moff on stereo, just Get on the stereo app and uh, search for Moff, M-O-F-F. Um, he always has some great conversations with uh, the people afterwards. Uh, like the video, leave a comment below. Make sure you subscribe to both my channels. Lots more shit coming down the pipelines. And I guess maybe next Monday we'll do the Passport Bros and show you guys what happens to these guys that think that they're going to uh, 
solve the reproductive problems by going to Latin America and Asia and bringing wives back. I'll, I'll show you what actually unfolds when that shit goes down. But we'll see you guys in the next show. Peace out.